0: Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. Walter, Walter.
1: All right, here we go. Hour two underway now on the Fort Worth Armory microphone. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom in the Sig Sauer Studios. All of it brought to you today and every day by X Insurance. Greg in Dallas, Texas. How you doing in hour two, brother? I am doing pretty good. Go ahead and give us your spuel. Tell people where they can watch us in high definition, please. All right, sure. Head on over to armedamericanradio.org or
2: .com. In the top right-hand corner, you're going to see three little hash marks. Just give those a click. When that window pops open, just select that watch live option. If you're driving or doing something else and you just can't watch and you'd rather listen, well, the link above is our listen live link. When you click there, you'll see two subsequent links pop open. One's going to be for the Sunday MonsterCast. The other's going to be for this broadcast right here, which is the Daily Defense Show. So just be sure to click appropriately. Maybe you've missed a previous episode. You want to get caught up Well, the link above the Listen Live is going to be for our podcast link. Head over there and get caught up on any episode you may have missed. And if you're a big fan of the show and you want to support some merch and support the show, Well, head on down to the shop link at the bottom of all of these links. And lastly, if you'd like to join our live chat, head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and just search
1: for Armed American Radio Conversations. Boom, that's how it's done. Okay, so we talked a little bit about why in the first hour I don't believe that pistol brace is going to see the light of day. I I feel really good about that. I really do. But I'm not going to dwell on that in the second hour. Today in the second hour of the program we're going to go – Two more goofballs on the left. One in particular, I am trying desperately not to talk about because I don't like giving this little insufferable punk any airtime whatsoever, but it's David Hogg, February 14th, Parkland. Media's all over it, Greg. Did you have a clip? I do not. Okay, good. I'm glad. I don't want <laughs> I do to not. hear him right no, now. I do I'm, not want to hear him.
2: I ain't pulling his audio.
1: No, he is. A, he's an insufferable little punk. But uh, he's out there running his mouth right now about what we, what, you know, all this is just a start. We need more, and he, everything that he mentions has done nothing to stop any crime ever, and it never will. But there's a really interesting piece out of the Los Angeles Times. Now, if you go back over the last few weeks you will notice that I've covered probably three or four L.A. Times opinion pieces. There's a pattern developing over there, Greg. Oh, okay. About every few days, they throw out another anti-gun opinion piece, right? It's the L.A. Times. You would expect nothing less. Yeah. Today's opinion piece. it was from the 10th, actually. But I was shot in the Southern California desert. Why? That's the wrong question. Now, usually you can gather a little bit from a headline... This one I had, I knew it was anti-gun. It's the L.A. Times. But I really, I couldn't glean a lot of that. Can you opinion? I was shot in the Southern California desert. Why? That's the wrong question. Would, do you Any idea where they might be going if you were just doing the headline surfing thing? Mm, no,
2: I, I could speculate, but I don't really know exactly where they're going.
1: Why do we keep treating gun violence in the U.S. as a series of isolated incidents instead of an out-of-control epidemic? Now, we notice the writer, Kalina Chia Banyu. I don't know who this person is. But notice the word we. Why do we keep treating gun violence in the U.S. as a series of isolated incidents instead of an out-of-control epidemic? She's clearly coming from the left, which would be the we. And that's what they do. They treat gang violence as an out-of-control epidemic. They treat it as a health epidemic that somehow impacts me and my guns in my safe and your guns in your safe. So I kind of gathered right out of the box. This person's a little bit out in left field here. I was not disappointed as I continued to go through this. Trust me, and you'll find out why in a second. Why do we seek the motive of the shooter as if that knowledge offers protection from future acts of violence perpetrated by other shooters? Try to dig into that for a second. Don't we want to know on some level what motivates these monsters to do what they do? And doesn't it seem like from a leftist goofball at the L.A. Times opinion. That they would try to make the correlation that if we could find out why someone is doing this, that we actually might be able to stop future acts of violence that makes sense to you greg i ask you because you have the mic i'm asking you listeners and greg's over there with the mic i kind of want to get his thoughts on this on your behalf
2: yeah um you know when i hear those kinds of questions uh oftentimes i and this goes to prove a couple of things Oftentimes, they do not follow up with a case after it's been reported on. So, did the, did the individual get arrested? Did they go to jail? Did they go to court? You know, that often takes months before they hear anything about what is going on and maybe testimony into regards to a specific shooting. Uh, and then, secondly... Um, Yeah, I can totally understand, like, what's going on with these people that they're out shooting all these people or out shooting all the time. You know, I mean, certainly you want to know what the violence is all about. But I think a lot of times you can boil some of it down to just socioeconomic status and the fact that they feel that this is their only way to attempt to try to get ahead of life or to uh, enact some kind of revenge that they feel slotted up from or I don't know you know some everybody has some kind well, of a stupid I, reason for doing stupid things
1: yeah and, and I when I looked at that I thought to myself self don't these people telegraph don't we always it's after the fact we're not, well here we go again right yeah somebody said they knew something there's a pattern there so you know it would just seem to me that some goofball leftist would want to be digging into that instead of being so dismissive about that well, when I said goofball leftist, I meant it, because this individual goes on to talk about an incident that happened to them a year and a half ago on a morning in late summer. Remember, this piece is three days old. I was driving through the California desert, leaving a school camping trip early to make it back to Los Angeles for a cousin's wedding. It was an ordinary morning until it wasn't. That's usually the case when it comes to crime, Yep, because criminals evil selects the time and the place, not you. So that's a true statement. It was an ordinary morning, someone driving back through the desert in California, until it wasn't an ordinary morning driving through the desert. This person came upon a man weaving on foot in the middle of the empty two-lane highway. Now, walk with me here. You ever driven out there in the desert? Long stretches of oh, yeah. road. Oh, yeah. You see it all over Tejas. Oh, yeah. West Texas is full of it. Miles and miles and miles of empty road. I came upon a man weaving on foot in the middle of the empty two-lane highway. On the side of the road was another man standing next to a white car. A red gasoline container sat on its hood. I had no intention of stopping. I knew better. But now here's where this got interesting. I had no intention of stopping. I knew better. And she should have followed that up with until I didn't. Yeah. But I slowed down to avoid hitting the man in the middle of the road. And suddenly he was in front of my car pointing a gun at me. I stopped. Hmm. I'd like to know how that unfolded. Really? Not for the purpose of this opinion piece. But if you're going likely 90 miles an hour in the AAR vet, the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, and there's no one around, and you can clearly see somebody up ahead of you, would you stop even after you said, I had no intention of stopping because I knew better? Didn't she say that they were weaving
2: in and out of the center of the roadway, so walking the painted line in between the two lanes?
1: That, I'm going to guess maybe that's that the case. Now, keep in mind, you're behind the wheel of a huge automobile. Yeah. With a gun aimed at me, he walked toward me, then passed me, then opened the door to the back seat on the driver's side. What are you doing sitting there? Gas pedal. And then it goes further. He hadn't even noticed the wallet I tried to hand him through the crack in my window. well. Oh. What are you doing?
2: Becoming a victim. That's what she's doing. She's becoming a victim.
1: Middle of the desert, empty road, no cars, one goofball. She stops, even though she said she wasn't going to and had no intention of stopping because she knew better, but she did anyway. And then allowed this individual, while still stopped, to walk past the car and actually open her door and hand him a wallet instead of just getting the hell out of Dodge. I'll be right back. Daniel Defense advocates for the individual's right to bear arms, which is why they manufacture 100% American-made, high-quality firearms backed with a lifetime warranty. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to the show indeed. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom here on the Fort Worth Armory. Mike, in these six-hour studios, all brought to you by X-Insurance. Talking about an opinion piece That appeared in the L.A. Times a couple days ago. Now, they've been throwing lots of anti-gun opinion pieces out recently. That's by design because that's their opinion. They hate your gun rights. And if they can tell stories like this and it sheds all guns because all gun owners, guns are bad. You get the idea. It's not coincidence by design. But this one was interesting for a number of reasons. Because here we have, again, theater of the mind. You, you, You picture this desert, lonely desert highway and there are lonely highways. And there's somebody weaving around in the middle of how you can see this coming for a long time. And she sees this guy has a gun and she said, I had no intention of stopping. I knew better. And then she says, but I slowed down to avoid hitting the man in the middle of the road. And suddenly he was in front of my car pointing a gun at me. I'm going to say right now that you by your actions allowed him to get in front of the car. Now, you stop me if I'm wrong, because I know some liberal goofball out there is going to go. Yeah, a bunch of machismo. Yeah, you're just acting like a tough guy. No, because I know if I'm standing in the middle of the road and I see a car that's not slowing down, but rather accelerating at me, I'm likely going to dive the hell out of the way. I'm not going to stand and play chicken with an oncoming. I don't care if it's a thousand pound hunk of metal, Greg. Please correct me if you think I'm wrong.
2: No, I'm with you. Uh, Speed up. That's all you can do. And uh, this person knows that they're either going to become roadkill or they're going to have to move on
1: to the next victim. With a gun aimed at me. So she said she stopped in the middle of the desert because one guy was in the middle of the road and nobody else was on the road. No other cars, just her lonely stretch of highway with the gun aimed at me. He walked toward me, then passed me, which if you stop right there would have been a perfect time to step on that accelerator. Or for crying out loud, hit the guy. Then he opened the door. To the back seat on the driver's side. He hadn't even noticed the wallet I'd tried to hand him through the crack in my window. Now, I don't know that that would be the first thing I would be thinking. This guy, I stopped because I'm dumb. Let me give him my wallet and try to appease him. Now, here's why this is not just machismo and not me just being a tough guy. I remember looking over my shoulder And seeing him lean into the car, rifling through the heap of camping gear in my back seat, looking confused. I don't know how many seconds passed between when he opened the door and when I hit the accelerator. I was frozen until I wasn't. I like the way you see the way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I hit the gas and the man stumbled back, thrown off balance before my car had picked up any significant speed. With the back door still wide open, I heard a pop. I didn't realize it until much later, but I survived by the breadth of a breath. I had been leaning forward in my seat. The bullet went through my backrest and hit a spring. The body of the bullet went right, and a sliver of a fragment hit me when it deflected left. She said she ended up with a grotesque bruise and, quote, scrape the size of a fist on my back and the lingering effects of the trauma in my body and my brain. It's hard to make sense of both how unlucky and lucky I was all at the same time. So she did the right thing by taking off when he was in the car. She should have never stopped to begin with, Greg, I would submit to you. I I agree. Holy crap, that guy's got a gun. You step on that accelerator, duck, he's going to get out of the way. That's simple. You go flying by him at 80 miles an hour, uh, hitting that moving target's going to be tough to do. Okay, this isn't a movie. This is real life, guys. But we have to go deeper into what the gist of this is all about. The senselessness of gun violence, she said, defies logic. In the end, the question I was left with was not why the shooter did it, but why he could do it. What are the larger systemic structures that leave us so unprotected, so vulnerable to the vicissitudes of a would-be shooter's possible motives? So you want to sit here and analyze? Look, these people. I can tell you right now, this is a person who likely goes through life with blinders on, has never thought about something like this happening to her in the past. It happens, and what is she doing here? Well, what in the world? Why did? Because people. There are some people that are evil. Some people don't belong on the streets. Society would be better with some people underground. Whoa, did he just say that? He just said that. Because it's true. That reminds me of something I read about Bill Maher the other day. Who on his radio program, or on his television show, commented in front of a far left audience that he has. That some people belong in jail. You know, the the Democrat Party is so far left that Bill Maher actually sounds conservative now, Mm -hmm. which is bizarre. But that's how far left these people, including his audience, have gone. To a point when he made the statement that some people need to be in jail. Very few people like one or two people in his audience clapped that shocked him. Because one thing Bill Maher does get is it. He gets it. Like most people who think about these things, they understand. It sounds to me like this person just does not want to believe that there are bad, evil people. Her question is, what's the larger systemic structure? There is no systemic structure. The guy's a psychopath tweaking loser. He's evil. He would have killed you and taken your car. And you don't want to believe that. You do not want to believe that there are people that will murder you for the gold chain that you have on your arm or your neck or will kill you in front of your children to get your wallet or to take your car. Now, she does go on to say that she, while she holds the person who perpetrated the crime against her, fully responsible, quoting, for his actions, trying to imagine the paths that might have led him to the middle of the desert that day was an exercise in empathy. Mm. But trying to pinpoint his motive was an exercise in futility. It brought me neither clarity nor comfort. Here's the deal, lady. That was a bad man who was doing a bad thing would have done bad things to you and then killed you. These people go through life with blinders on. They fail to understand that evil is real. Now, it is. I I will give you this. It's easy to sit here on Monday morning quarterback. But I have thought about these things. What would I do in a particular situation? I don't walk around with blinders on. I pulled a firearm on a street. And pointed it at two people. Thank God I didn't have to pull the trigger. But you know what? I would have. Here's a great piece of advice for you, young lady. Why were you unarmed? Oh, she was in the California desert. Driving a car with California plates. The mere thought of having a firearm to her. (laughs) Couldn't even imagine, could you? And what does she do? Wants to figure this loser out. Unbelievable. We'll be right back. following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Ah, welcome back indeed. Fort Worth Armory, Mike, fired up for you. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom here in the Six Hour Studios. X Insurance presents all of it. Please go out of your way and support our partners. If you picked anything up from my pillow yet, please do that. Use the promo code AAR. Have you headed over to crimeresearch.org? Dr. Lott was on fire last night. We played the testimony of him in Maryland and Vermont, at least two minutes and 15 seconds of each of those, and he was just absolutely bringing it last night. And the reason he can do that is because he needs our support. So please support crimeresearch.org. If you can throw five bucks a month, that's awesome. If you can just do a one-time donation, help him. It's John's testimony in these state legislative bodies that make a huge Huge difference and do sway some minds, believe it or not. All right. Back to this Los Angeles Times piece, because there's more about this opinion. And I I find it interesting because I get what I'm looking at here. Now, in fairness, I wasn't there. It is easy for me to Monday morning quarterback it. And that's what we're doing. We're looking at this. But we look at it through a different lens and a different prism than this person who went through this does. I can tell by the comments in here that she writes about that she's probably never thought about this before. This doesn't happen to me. And then to use her writing technique until it does. And it did, okay? It's hard to make sense of both how unlucky and lucky I was all at the same time. Then again, the senseless, senselessness of gun violence defies logic. No, it does not. Not when you understand that there are bad people That do bad things then it becomes very logical it doesn't defy anything because you understand you have gotten to a point that you get that there is evil out there that will harm you that doesn't care about you you are a means to their end they will kill you and throw you in the desert they don't care they're evil. And she asked in the end, the question I was left with was not why the shooter did it, but why he could do it. And that's the statement there or the question there that really telegraphed to me what type of person we're dealing with. She's more concerned about larger systemic structures that leave us so unprotected. I'm not unprotected. You are unprotected. And then she goes on to say that. She does hold the man who perpetrated the crime against her fully responsible for his actions, trying to imagine the paths that might have led him to the middle of the desert. That day was an exercise in empathy, she says, and her trying to pinpoint his motive, she claimed, was an exercise in futility. True, except for the fact that it's really not if you understand that he was just a bad person and you happen to come upon him at that time and that moment in your lives. I know that the story is not as straightforward as the crime of attempted carjacking that he eventually pleaded guilty to. I know that the man who shot at me was a person with a felony record who shouldn't have been in possession of a firearm. Let's stop right there. But he was. Because he's bad, because no law matters to him. Greg, I need you to jump in here. This is the same song and dance over and over again. We've got this liberal goober over here that just cannot fathom that why am I left so unprotected by the powers that be? Why was he able to get the gun? Because he's a criminal. Now, Greg, I'm going to ask you on behalf of listeners, what one new law would stop him from getting a gun? Uh, There's
2: not one. Everything there's already roadblocks up for him to not be able to
1: possess a firearm.
2: And he completely mm. hopped all of them and found the underground way and has one and had one
1: hmm yeah well it gets better <laughs> it's hard to, it does get better was it a government issued firearm that's my next uh, question no. <laughs> i know the man who shot at me was a person with a felony record who shouldn't have been in possession of a firearm i know the night before i came across him on the road he pulled a gun on police mm. leading them in pursuit and evading you uh, of evade and then you ev- get it out evading <laughs> arrest <laughs> See, you know the thing <laughs> right? he evaded arrest so he he was willing to shoot at the cops now she had no way of knowing that the day she met him on the side of the road however i would be willing to bet that if he's willing to pull a gun on you he's willing to pull a gun on anybody else no matter what clothing they're wearing because the only thing distinguishing you from a cop is the clothing you're wearing i think we know why he was out of gas out in the middle of the desert (laughs) Well, he heard I also me. know that I was the predictable victim of a political system that has allowed close to 400 million guns to flood every part of our country, mm. discounting the fact that 399 million of those guns are in the hands of law abiding people who are not these people and that there are bad people who do get their hands on firearms. You just, she doesn't want to accept these things that these criminals will do whatever they want to do and not follow any man-made law. He was captured, which is a good thing. He was, got, he was in custody without incident two days after his encounter with her, and he's now in prison. And she goes on to say, but the truth is she doesn't feel any safer because this person believes that all guns are bad, all people with guns are bad, all people with guns are eventually going to do this to her or somebody else. And she says that she feels rage, but not reserved for him. So who is her rage reserved for? The courts that place greater value on an antiquated interpretation of the Second Amendment than they do on human lives. Her rage is reserved for the politicians who fail to pass. You ready for this one? You know this is coming. Oh, yeah. Common sense gun reforms, including, here we go. Universal background check. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. She doesn't even know this exists in the state that she's living in. This is a guy who tried to carjack her after she stopped Dumb. in the middle of a desert highway instead of aiming her vehicle at him and gunning that engine. Big dummy. Okay. There's that whole scene, but I'm not going to go into that. We'll just go from where it went. I'm not, it, whatever. So let's attack the Second Amendment, but understand this, ladies and gentlemen, she is referring to, her rage, is that somehow, and she's already told us this guy was a convicted... He's already 100% gun-controlled. She doesn't even know what a universal background check is. Nope. She has no clue. She's just regurgitating what she hears from the left. And assault weapons bans. So let's just be the king of all gun control. And I'm going to say, okay, to placate you because you're an idiot. I'm the guy that is in charge of everything. I'm going to give you universal background checks. Now we have universal background checks. What else is it you want? I want an assault weapons ban, too. Okay. There you go. There's your assault weapons ban. They're banned. Let's go back and relive that incident that day. With a universal background check in place, which, by the way, is already in place in California and an assault weapons, man, which is already in place in California, where you are. Let's go back and relive that day. Same results. Same exact situation. That she claims that that would make us all safer. First of all, he didn't use a quote unquote assault weapon. And secondly, he's already a felon in position in possession of a firearm doesn't matter what kind of gun it is, quite frankly. He shouldn't have had it. He shouldn't have had the ammo. He shouldn't have had the gun. He shouldn't have been in the middle of the desert with a gun. So, again, I ask you, what is this person thinking? What are they trying to believe? What is it that's going to make these people feel better? What is the one thing they want that they don't currently have now? She's going to feel better. Wow, we've got universal background checks in place. That would have stopped my attempted carjacker. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. We banned assault weapons. Oh, I'm in California. Assault weapons are already banned. I forgot about that. That's not what she's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. What she's talking about is ridding the nation of firearms. She is naive enough to believe in a country with, as she said, over 400. She said close to 400 million. I hate to tell you, lady, but it's way more than 400 million. And they're not going anywhere. So let's cut the nonsense about getting rid of guns and thinking universal background checks and an assault weapons ban would have stopped the man in the middle of the street who was willing to murder you already in possession of a firearm illegally, who was already 100% gun controlled, that no universal background check, which you don't even know what that means, would have stopped and not in possession of a whole other class of firearms that you want to ban that wouldn't have saved you at all. We'll be right back.
5: This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Back to the show. Final segment, Armed American Radio's second hour. Fort Worth Armory, mic on fire for you. Sig Sauer Studios, all brought to you by X-Insurance. Visit xInsurance.com. The easiest way to do it, radio.com. Click on the X-Insurance banner. Boom. Takes you right where you need to be. I want to wrap this up with the uh, California liberal Who just can't understand that evil is real and it exists, which is kind of sad when you think about it, because that's a victim mentality. And she did the right thing. I'm glad she's okay. Now she's trying to question, why can't anybody keep us safe? Here's an idea for you. How about you buy a gun? How about you understand that on a lonely desert stretch of highway, nobody's coming to save you. You are your own first responder. There are bad people that want to hurt me. Figure that out. Then you can, because you see, you have to take your own personal defense seriously. Before you can take your own personal defense seriously, you have to understand certain things about life. Now, this person goes on to talk about this, and here's where we'll close out. In 2020, she says 45,222 people. Died from gun related injuries in the United States. Of those, 19,384 were murders. Here's the question that tells you everything you need to know. Why do we keep allowing this? We don't allow it. Murder's against the law. Carjacking is against the law. They're not allowed. Stealing guns from someone is against the law. Stealing your car is against the law. Harming you is against the law. Killing you is against the law. Taking your stuff is against the law. Rifling through your camping gear in the back of your car because you stopped and allowed somebody in your vehicle on a lonely road. What that person is doing is against the law. There is no law that would stop evil. Sadly, these people don't understand that. We don't keep allowing it. Maybe you do. Hmm. Let's go to Nebraska, Greg. How about that? I want to point out one
2: thing real quick. And um, with, with her entire story, obviously she allows crimes to happen to her because she willingly attempted to hand over her wallet as he was approaching the vehicle. So she was willingly letting herself be robbed because she was complying with a would-be robber.
1: On a lonely stretch of highway. Absolutely. By herself. Take my wallet. Yep. Which isn't going to do you any good on a lonely stretch of highway. No. He's going to get the wallet one way or another. Yeah, the, the wallet's the least of his concerns. He wanted you out of the car, dead, and likely wanted to take your car. There are people that want to do those things. All of them are against the law. We don't allow any of them. Words matter. Nebraska. Okay, this is interesting. When we talk about constitutional carry, we have some clips, but we're not going to be able to get to them today. But we are tomorrow, except I want to say this. We just never know what's going to happen overnight. They just keep coming at us. True. So we'll play the same research triage game tomorrow. But we have three clips. Greg, tell us what they are, who they are. I've got four Four. cuts. And it essentially is a presser that
2: was held by uh, the... Uh, the Speaker of, the, and this is these are state representatives, the Speaker of the House uh, in the Florida Legislature as well as a Senator and a Representative, which I believe they needed one of each to sponsor the legislation, and then two separate sheriffs that one I believe the show's familiar with and the other they may have heard of the guy. They both seem like really good guys. Um, I pulled some audio from the presser that they had talking about the passage of uh, constitutional carry or concealed carry in Florida.
1: And was uh, concealed, carry. Let's get that right.
2: Yeah. And uh, it, it essentially, uh, one of them is the chair of the Justice Appropriations Subcommittee. They had a press conference, and they're talking about and taking some questions. I didn't pull that audio. It was a little tough to hear. Uh, and so they just talk about, and this is from uh, January 30th, so they talk about this is when we were ramping up talking about how Florida is going to be the next state that passes the legislation. So they're having a press conference at about this time. Uh, talking about actually passing the legislation into the Congress of the State uh, House of Florida and then, you know, going through the process there.
1: Huh. Yeah, this popped on my alert. Photo of Republican who refused to stand during Black National Anthem goes viral. Would you Carrie stand? Lake. Would you stand? No, I wouldn't have stood. That there's was Carrie There's one Lake. National Anthem. Yeah. One. Yeah, there's one. One. There's a National Anthem. One National Anthem, ladies and gentlemen. Woke NFL. I understand there was a football game yesterday. Something like that. Yeah. All right, let's go to Nebraska. Bill, that would remove the requirement for concealed handgun permits in Nebraska, ladies and gentlemen, was heard in committee on January 26th, but there's some updates to this. It looks like Nebraska is moving forward here. Excellent. What, yeah, it, it really is. Omaha has been standing in the way. Part of the reason it's been standing in the way is this bill also includes a state preemption. And Omaha has been fighting that because Omaha, controlled by who? Democrats. Megan Hunt. Controlled by Democrats. Omaha, Nebraska does not want state preemption. Omaha has a rule in place that if you're a gun owner, no, I did not realize this with Omaha. I didn't know this about the registration. But in Omaha, Nebraska, in order to have a firearm within city limits, they know who you are, what you have, because it has to be by law registered. It has to be licensed. Now, did you know that about Omaha? I did not. I did not either. Sounds I un- thought it with with Omaha. I thought it was strictly preemption that they had a patchwork of laws that they wanted to control. But there's licensing. They have that, too. But there's licensing in place. And what's getting ready to happen, it looks like in Nebraska, if this makes it through, and I think it's going to. The constitutional carry bill will also include. A state preemption. That's what Omaha is fighting, and who's fighting it in Omaha? Who are the naysayers? Omaha Police Chief Todd Schmaderer. Shocking. He he. Yeah, Police Chief. Why? Why is that? You know, it's obviously sarcastically spoken. Yes. Why? Because police chiefs are appointed and serve. Well, really, at the pleasure of the mayor. The po- the political scheme. Mm-hmm. So they're Democrats. Those police chiefs, those inner-city police chiefs, do the bidding of the politicians that put them in office and give them their cushy jobs. In 2022, the Omaha Police Department seized 1,458 firearms, the highest number in department history. That's what Chief Todd said. And he expressed concern that the constitutional carry bill would remove oh, Omaha, Omaha's gun registration ordinance requiring all concealable firearms within city limits to be registered.
2: Wasn't well, that city uh, regulation unconstitutional
1: anyways on uh, the grand scheme of themes? It would seem to be. Yeah. But I don't know to what degree it's been pushed. Probably hasn't. And here's, here's where, here's where the police chief, you think the police chief would know better than this because the constitutional carry bill, according to him would allow, and I'm quoting criminals to conceal carry in a variety of situations. Uh, didn't we just covered a story. On, about this? Come on, come on, come on. I, you know, Does he not get? No, he's pushing a political agenda. I would like to think that the Omaha police chief has got a little bit more intelligence than this to say something so stupid Mm -mm. or to suggest it or to think it or for that matter to even say it. But clearly, I'm wrong about that. Would allow criminals to conceal. No, it doesn't allow criminals to conceal, carry anything. It's still against the law. It doesn't change that. And Chief Schmaderer knows it. And the reason they're so desperate is because constitutional carry is likely going to move in Nebraska. We're hopeful. We'll keep our eyes on it and see what happens. We also had Lincoln, Nebraska, Police Chief Teresa Ewins also speaking in opposition to that unicameral legislature body. That legislative body. She said it would jeopardize the safety of citizens and those who serve the community and all peace officers in the state. Why? Criminals carrying guns are the same criminals that they're running into carrying guns anyway. No criminals saying, yay! You're not going to get an influx of criminals carrying guns because they've been waiting for the law to change. This requires a certain level of stupidity, ladies and gentlemen. It truly does. We're going to get up and do it again tomorrow because they don't want us to. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed the program today, and we'll see you on the radio tomorrow.